2: Locked On Podcast Network and Radio.com present Locked On Today.
3: How much better did the Chicago Bulls actually get today? Can either Florida State or Syracuse pull off a sweet upset? Plus, who won the NBA trade deadline? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Today.
2: Searching all major sports. Sound. let's start with the biggest story
3: the chicago bulls pulled off the marquee trade of the 2021 trade deadline acquiring nikola vucevic and al farouk amino for wendell carter jr Otto porter jr and two first round picks joining me now to break it down from locked on bulls matt peck not jr matt uh why for chicago make these moves now
4: you know, Peter, it's a good question, but I think the situation is that the Bulls' new front office pairing of Arturis Karnashovas and Mark Eversley, who took control during mid-NBA season shutdown, looked at the first half of this season and said, you know what, this is enough of an evaluation period for us to know that we don't love what we inherited from the old regime, and we're going to start making proactive decisions to improve this roster. And we're not going to just stand pat, as you might say, at the deadline. Artura spoke with the media today after all of the chaos settled and said, it's not often you get an opportunity to add an all-star to your team. They had that opportunity with Vucevic. It did come at a high price. Wendell Carter Jr., their former number seven overall pick and two first round draft picks. But it's it's getting an all-star. And I think that for the most part, the Bulls knocked this out of the park.
3: The Bulls are not going to win the East this year. We know that. But just just trying to move in the right direction, was that, you think, what this was aimed at doing here?
4: I think so. I mean, the Bulls have been essentially spinning their tires in the past several years of this failed rebuild in the post-Jimmy Butler era. And they have all of these top 10 picks, Larry Markinen, Wendell Carter Jr., Kobe White, Uh, It looks like Patrick Williams, who's the first pick from the new regime, is going to be here for this new build. But you can only, you know, take a swing in the draft so many times before you realize that a lot of these one and done kids from college, these lottery picks, not all of them develop as quickly as you'd want them to. And when you have the opportunity to trade one or two of them away, trade away some draft capital to acquire a player who is ready to win now, Vucevic is in his prime. And the Bulls had a all-star in his prime already in Zach Levine. So now you pair them together and you say, let's try to make the playoffs this season. And man, I can't wait to watch Zach Levine and Vooch play together.
3: How do you think this trade changes the trajectory of the Bulls this season?
4: I think you look at what the Bulls have done so far, which was essentially being a subpar to close to mediocre team. Coming into the trade deadline, they had won their last 10 games against sub-500 teams and lost their previous nine games against above-500 teams. So that basically tells you, in very simple terms, where they were. And when you add an all-star caliber player like Vooch to the rotation and still keep some of the other main pieces of that rotation, you didn't trade away Thad Young, you didn't trade away Lowry Markinen, you still have Zach Levine, the schedule for the Bulls is tough. Nine of their next 10 games out of the deadline are on the road, and a lot of those are against playoff caliber teams. So while they're trying to mesh these new pieces, you know, they're going to add Daniel Tice from the Boston trade into this rotation as well. Al Farouk as you mentioned, it's going to be a, a tough transition period, I'm guessing against some quality opponents. But I still think that given the way that the Eastern Conference is stacked out right now. The playoffs are very much on the table.
3: Coming up, could we actually have more ACC teams in the Elite Eight than Big Ten teams? That's next. Today's episode is brought to you by betonline.ag. Just because the NFL is over doesn't mean there still aren't plenty of ways for you to make some money betting on your sports knowledge. And there's one place that has you covered, one place that we trust. That's betonline.ag. And right now, when you sign up for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on, you will get a 50% welcome bonus. That means they will give you money just for putting money in your account. It couldn't be easier. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. There's NBA to bet on, college basketball, baseball is going to be here before you know it, hockey, golf is a blast to gamble on. And when you go to betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On, you will get that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today.
3: The Miami Heat agreed to acquire star guard Victor Oladipo from the Houston Rockets just before Thursday's trade deadline. In return, the Rockets get Avery Bradley, Kelly Olynyk, and 2022 first-round swap rights. Those swap rights include Brooklyn's pick. The biggest story from the NBA trade deadline was the trade that didn't happen.
5: Hey, Sean Woodley here from Lockdown Raptors to break down the breaking news that Kyle Lowry is staying with the Toronto Raptors through this year's trade deadline. It's big news. Obviously, he was the white whale of the trade market. And ultimately, I think it's the right move not to move on from Lowry, considering what the reported offers were out there. It sounds like the Lakers were involved, the Sixers as well as the Heat. And none of those teams seemed to want to part with their best trade packages. For the Heat, it would've involved Tyler Hero, for the Lakers, Taylor Horton Tucker, for the Sixers, some combination of both of Tyrese Maxey and Matisse Ty- Tybel in a pick. None of those offers came to fruition, and the Raptors were not in the position where they had to move on from Kyle Lowry. He still has value to the team, even if he walks away this offseason because of the cap space he'll create by walking away. But they can also re-sign him, pair him with a team that still is good and should bounce back next season under normal circumstances. They have Gary Trent now on hand to fill in for Norman Powell. This team now kind of is in position to just kind of ride up the season. Maybe they make a nice little run to the play-in game. Maybe they don't, and it's a lost season, and they get a pick. But ultimately, if they weren't going to get the best offer for Kyle Lowry, I think it's the right move for them to stand pat with
0: the greatest Raptor of all time
3: the Atlanta Hawks got better, and more for their future at the deadline.
0: Hello friends, my name is Brad Roland and the Atlanta Hawks were busy, at least somewhat busy on Thursday afternoon. It was not a move to get off of John Collins. Cam Reddish or Bogdan Modanovic, but it was Rajon Rondo heading out of town, back to Los Angeles, to the city in which he played last year, although a different franchise, the Clippers acquire Rondo after poking around him in free agency this last off season. And the Hawks acquire old friend, local product, stuff at high school's own Lou Williams coming back along with two second round picks from the Clippers and some cash not a high level move necessarily a couple teams swapping reserve guards but the hawks do get off of the second year of rondo's contract which was definitely onerous the minute they signed that contract and williams is on an expiring deal so in the moment the hawks get a shot creator off the bench it's been a concern for the hawks in the trey young era to not have enough shot creation off the bench and Williams definitely brings that. He's probably a better player than Rondo at this point in time and also on a lot of better contract. So that is the top-line thought here. The Hawks do, I think, improve um, the roster, but more importantly, flexibility for the future is definitely a big part of this, as well as a couple of sweeteners in those second-round draft picks.
3: Lonzo Ball was thought to be on the move, but the deadline came and Ball stayed. Hey,
0: everyone.
1: Jake Madison from Locked On
3: Pelicans here. Lonzo Ball is staying in New Orleans, and you know what? It's the right move.
1: There's real limitations to his game, but he's still a good young player who's improved every single year he's been in the league. At 23 years old, shooting a good three point percentage on volume, I don't know if that's the right guy to move for pennies on the dollar. If there was a godfather offer on the table, yes, absolutely. But it doesn't sound like anything like that with a first round pick or a good young player materialized in the slightest. Restricted free agency is usually unpleasant for small market teams, But a signing trade could be worked out for him this offseason if the Pelicans are worried about having to overpay him. For now, he's still here in New Orleans, and the Pelicans have 30 games to see if he's a core piece next to Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson. So we'll see what happens in the offseason. But for now, that's the core going forward.
2: Here is another
3: story you need to know. The ACC was supposed to be having a down season. And then the 11-seeded Syracuse Orange and the 4th-seeded Florida State Seminoles went to the Sweet 16. And they look around and they're going, hey, we got we have more teams than, than the Big Ten. What's up with that? Tyler Aki from Locked On Syracuse uh, joining me now. And Tyler, uh, the ACC has a chance to get a team or maybe two in the Elite Eight. What does that path look like for one of these two teams?
1: I think it's a very complex one because on paper, it looks like maybe a little bit of a mismatch on both ends in terms of Florida State and Syracuse. And obviously, there's the seeding disadvantage as well. But I really do think both teams have a fantastic chance of advancing. When you look at Florida State, they come at you with depth. And what's one thing that Michigan has struggled with this season? It's going up against depth in all four of their losses. They had to go against some extra reserves against Illinois because Io was out. They you look at the Minnesota loss as well as the um, Ohio State loss. Eight guys played at least 13 minutes in that game, in those games, and then also the the Michigan State loss. Michigan State they run their rotations very similarly to Florida State, where you're going to see eight, nine, maybe 10 or 11 guys. Take the floor against you. So I think depth is something that has overwhelmed Michigan a lot, and without Isaiah Livers, that could be a problem. Meanwhile, on the other side for Syracuse, this is a Houston team that, quite frankly, might be feeling a little lucky to be here right now because they narrowly get past Rutgers last weekend. And also, on top of that, they might be with a limited Dejon Giroux, the AAC Defensive Player of the Year. So I'm looking at Syracuse, if they can get one of the, the dinged up players from Houston and get him out of whack early on, that could certainly help this team. And the 2-3 zone is something that has been the great equalizer all tournament long.
3: This Syracuse team is not afraid, and they have proven that they are not afraid over and over again. If there is something that that can be the equalizer in any basketball game, it is three-point shooting. And when you have someone like Buddy Bayheim on your team, that gives you a chance in these games.
1: No doubt. And this is a Buddy Bayheim that's playing like an alpha. He's playing like an All-American right now over these last eight or so games. He has flipped a switch and he has channeled his inner GMAC, it feels like, to a lot of Syracuse fans. Now, one of the great equalizers in this game and, and one of the matchups to watch is going to be on the offensive glass for houston because they are the second best offensive rebounding team in the country however they have struggled a little bit in the offensive rebounding situation against some of the bigger teams let me give you a little a plus b equals c scenario here so in their three losses this season they have had 11 offensive rebounds in all three games still a pretty significant number but it's some of their lower outputs of the entire season now they're going to go up against some height. Again, this Houston team is not very big. Their tallest guy that you're going to see thrown out there is just six foot eight, so height advantage goes the way of the orange in this one. Well, when they faced a team with similar height, it was South Florida, they were held to nine offensive rebounds in each of those contests this season. So when you have a team with Syracuse's height, even though they may not have the offensive rebounding prowess because of the zone principles, I do think that the height is going to be something that's going to overwhelm this Houston team. So I think this actually is a matchup that could set up pretty nicely for the Orange as well.
3: Who won the NBA trade deadline? Our cue of the day is next. All right, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. The Built Bar bracket is in full swing. And if you don't know what the Built Bar bracket is, go to BuiltBar.com or built underscore bar on twitter to check it out we are counting down we are trying to figure out which bar is the best tasting protein bar we know it's a built bar that we know because these things all covered in 100% chocolate yet low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber they taste unbelievable they taste like candy bars but are protein bars so we know the best tasting protein bar out there is a built bar. Which one is it for you? Go let your voice be heard Builtbar.com or built underscore bar on Twitter. And remember to use the promo code locked to 15 to get 15% off your next order just for being a listener that is locked to 15 to get 15% off your order at Builtbar.com. and check back to see who is the winner of the best tasting protein bar.
2: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Agree or disagree? This is the cue of the day.
3: The NBA trade deadline was a whir of activity, players moving across the league including some marquee trades that could affect the playoff races in both conferences joining me now from locked on fantasy basketball josh lloyd and josh there's always this winners and losers conversation i want to frame it a little bit differently for you which move makes the team that got the
6: new player the most improved i think pete it has to be denver now i'm not not the biggest Aaron Gordon fan in the world, but I think yeah, his ability to be a, a switchable wing defender is key, especially when you're dealing with LeBron, uh, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, down to Donovan Mitchell, those sort of guys. He's shown an ability to be a bit of a ball handler. They didn't give up much. Gary Harris isn't even playing. Like, we don't know when he's going to be coming back. RJ Hampton's a rookie. And they also upgraded their backup center position, bringing in JaVale McGee over Isaiah Hartenstein. Yeah, it probably has to be Denver to me, even if you, you don't like... Aaron Gordon is this game changer, just what he does and how he fits and the improvement that they made without having to give up too much. I think it's them. So let's talk about the Vucevic trade because
3: that was, I think the marquee name moved at the deadline. Chicago adds an all-star to their first time all-star Zach Levine. Uh, How much do you think that actually impacts their ultimate outcome? Because if I'm looking at this going, okay, who is, who has changed their destiny this season? I look at that move and I go, yeah, it looks really great on paper. You're going to win the press conference, but I don't know that it ultimately changes how I think about how their season is going to end.
6: No, I, I agree. Look, um, obviously, Vucevic has been having a fantastic season, like putting up big numbers in Orlando, but the Magic weren't doing anything good and not saying that that's his fault. But yeah, what does it mean? Does Chicago move from being ninth in the play-in game to being eighth in the play-in game and losing still in the first round of the playoffs? Like, I don't really see... The huge change there, he's obviously not super young either. He's not ridiculously old, but he's not young. He's not on the timeline of Kobe White or Patrick Williams or even a Larry Markkinen. What do they do in that scenario? It does make them a better team this year, but how much better, I'm not certain. And in the future, I'm not certain that it does a huge amount uh, for them. One of the 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 under-the-radar moves a little bit
3: was the JJ Redick deal. And he's been moved to the deadline a couple different times. I think this is a move that that could really move the, the proverbial needle for the Mavericks. Their their loss of Seth Curry, I, I think, impacted the spacing on the team. They needed some shooting and they got it with J.J. Redick. How much do you think he can help them as they make a playoff
6: push here? I think theoretically he could. But in reality, is it maybe just like guys like Kyle Korver going to the Bucks Because he hasn't been very good this year. He's been injured. Right. The shot hasn't been there. He's not forty four percent know, three point shooter anymore. I think he's at thirty seven, maybe percent for the season. So while yeah, replacing Seth Curry is important to what they need to do, I'm not, I'm not sure Reddick still has it in that capacity. The the last one that
3: that impacts at least the contenders that I'm that I'm thinking of top of mind is the Evan Fournier deal. The Celtics needed to shake things up a little bit. How how does that change their rotation? How do you, how do you think that affects? Who is going to be the primary ball hander at the end of games? Does it potentially take shots away from Tatum and Brown? How do you see that playing out
6: there? I uh, Look, I don't think it has any, any impact really on, on Tatum or Brown or, or even Kemba Walker. Like Fournier's had a really good season, but he's had a really good season out of necessity because he's had to take all those shots in Orlando along with Vucevic. But that doesn't have to be the case here. I don't think that he'll start or close games for this team. It obviously helps because, you know, upgrading your rotation from Peyton Pritchard and Jeff Teague to Ivan Fournier is a big step up but it's not impacting what those other guys do. And and again, I don't think he's part of the closing five. And finally,
3: Jim Nance will remain at CBS Sports for many more years. The network's top announcer signed a new deal to stay at the network for an undisclosed number of years, ending speculation the network might need to find another person for its top slot. That means Hello Friends is here to stay. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked On Bets, download, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on Monday, a full breakdown of the Sweet 16 in the men's NCAA tournament, plus reaction to the biggest showdown in the women's tournament. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.